the pandemic, social unrest, the state house, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, on this uh, sunny Monday, a lot of storm, uh, snow yesterday. Everyone's kind of digging out. And, you know, let's, I'll just put it out there. Um, Obviously, like so many of you, I'm very happy for number 12, Tom Brady yesterday. It was, I, I think it was bittersweet for Patriot fans. I mean, you're happy for him. But that was tough. That is tough. Seeing him win the Super Bowl and he's not in a Patriot uniform. I think this puts Patriot owner Bob Kraft and Coach Bill Belichick in a, a rather unusual, not envious, uh, enviable situation where here was a guy who was without question, I mean, just such a competitor and a champion and the New England sports icon. And and not only does he leave, think about this. One year ago, Brady was with the Patriots. One year ago, people still thought he was going to stay. I think in that final season, you could tell he was not going to stay. But he picked Tampa Bay. There had been sports writers saying he's never going there. That That's like a joke franchise. It's not even like a real team operation. He's never going there. That was one of the teams that courted him most aggressively. Uh, it seemed to make sense for him. He saw the potential for that team. He made a, an, a a great choice. He also picked, you know, not only is Tom Brady a, obviously a great competitor, but he knew the type of situation. I think this is something that can't be lost. He saw the situation that he would thrive in. He experienced tremendous success, as we know, with Coach Bill Belichick. But I'll even say this. If Belichick had played Malcolm Butler against the Eagles— there's no way the Eagles would have scored some that the, the number of points they did, and the Patriots actually would have won another Super Bowl. But being that as it may, um, I think Brady recognized, and this is so important, the situation that he could thrive in and that he wanted. Apparently, the coach there, Bruce Aarons, is the like the opposite of Belichick. He's far more of a laid-back style, go-along, get-along. You know, he has a system and he's an NFL coach. But yesterday, last night, I mean, I, I was happy for him. His 95-year-old mother is there, meaning the coach for Tampa Bay. And But what was so smart was Brady saw a place that he could bring in two guys that he wanted along with him. And that was Gronk and then Antonio Brown, who was cut and chased out of uh, New England. But the point is, neither one of them had huge success during the season. But Brady utilized them when he needed them the most, especially look at Gronk, two touchdowns yesterday. So these were guys, think of that, uh, two expatriates got the touchdowns and, and throw Brady into the mix. And it's three expatriates that really got that championship for Tampa Bay. So like like many of you, I mean, happy for for Tom Brady, like everyone else. But that was odd. It was odd watching him celebrate and Gronk celebrate. And the fans celebrating for someone that, you know, that was that was big. And then last year, um, that was that was pretty tough. And suddenly uh, Cam Newton is introduced as the guy. I, I agree with those that say I think there is pressure on Belichick this year to put together a team that's going to at least make the playoffs. The Patriots didn't even make the playoffs last year. So but I think that's a, there's a real lesson there in he didn't get himself into a situation that then a few weeks into it, you know, thought like, what am I doing this for? This is not what I'm looking for. I think um, Tom Brady was that, that to me was the real success was he knew the type of atmosphere he would need in order to succeed and succeed at the level that he was expected to succeed and want to succeed at. All right. Well, folks, again, I may touch on it a little bit. It is, um, this is like to me. There's certain types of times of year that are tougher than others. I think this is one of those tough times. There's an awful lot of snow on the ground. It's cold out. Uh, the football season is over, which so much of us love. And there's really nothing to look forward to for a little while. We have to get through the month of February. The holidays are over. 
we're dealing with COVID. Everyone's trying to get the vaccine. The good news, I guess, is that the the numbers are down. Uh, COVID, the COVID numbers are way down. So now it's all about the vaccine, getting the vaccine, and then starting to, uh, you know, hopefully come out of this nightmare. So we'll um, touch on, again, it is a big week with the Trump impeachment trial. We'll see with, if, if anything develops with Governor Raimondo. It was a gr- I in, really enjoyed watching that game last night. I'm glad I watched it. I'm, I'm sad that the football season is over because I enjoy the football season so much. But um, and, and just I'm, I'm not going to say anything that has been said, but just such a remarkable performance by number 12. And, and to me, that's what it is. It's it's finding the right situation that he could thrive in in the right situation that he could could get success because that's not always easy to do. Uh, he found the right team, the right program, and then, you know, the results speak for themselves. All right, a lot more ahead. Leave it right here on the John DePietro Show. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier Infinity System, the energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory authorized dealer. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL, system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free, financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401 351 7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free, financing is available. 401 401- 351 7600 Rhode Island Massachusetts it's JKL Engineering 401 351 7600 Have you been thinking about updating your website do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Thing to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. 
Joining me, he is the managing editor for OceanStateCurrent.com. It is uh, the one and only Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to uh, begin our discussion. Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, this is um, an unusual situation where now she did get her confirmation uh, passed out of the committee in the Senate for Commerce Secretary. However, uh, you know, now you enter into politics that come into play. We have learned that two two things are right now in play, and that is that, number one, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who did question her, was in the committee, voted against it. He's placed a hold on her nomination uh, based on the fact that the Biden administration have not been forthcoming their position on a Chinese communication company. And now this week, instead of more nominations uh, being voted out of their committee and for the full she needs the full vote of the Senate. We're finding that it's being delayed because this week they've opted instead to do the President Trump impeachment trial in the Senate. And then next week is the winter break. So what are your thoughts right now that Governor Raimondo, she is last, she last spoke directly back and forth with the media December 22nd. Uh, we see uh, no reason why that would change. And they push back and try to say, oh, no, she's still very engaged. But this is an unusual situation with some people even describing it as having two governors. Well, that does that does seem like it reasonably describes it, although it's, it'd be different if there were if the outgoing one were kind of the subordinate <laughs> one and, and the incoming one were the one being able to make some decisions. Uh, that would be helpful. But I, I mean, the the block of her nomination based on po- China policy is is, as you say, you know, pretty regular Washington politics, probably a good move for America on Ted Cruz's part. Um, but it does put Rhode Island in, in this kind of a lurch, which which to me goes back to the idea, uh, the, the problem of having people in elected office who are constantly running for other offices. Uh, yeah, the, the lack of commitment to her state during a really kind of treacherous time uh, when vaccine rollouts are having problems and so on and so forth. Uh, it's, it's really a, a shame to watch. I, I, I have to side with those who, who kind of suggested maybe she should just go ahead and resign and take that, take that risk on her own multimillionaire career um, that she's not going to be able to make it into the, the federal government and do that for the good of Rhode Island so that we can move on. As you, as you say, we're, if we're now looking at two weeks who knows what happens then? Maybe there's another week, a fourth week, and suddenly we're we're weeks or months in this kind of limbo. It's just it's just not the right right way to leave things for Rhode Island. Not in any way. And you know, it's interesting, Justin. Now, this also comes back to <clears throat> as people have to realize there's so much secrecy involved with the talks, as far as and I mean uh, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, her discussions with uh, the Biden team. In that she was to become uh, the nominee, because a, a crucial part of that discussion, which we were not privy to, was the fact that she obviously was told by them, do not say anything while you're, you know, going through this process for fear that maybe she would there'd be a misstep, miscue of some kind, and it could derail the nomination. Well, then you have the snowstorm last week. Now, I believe uh, the mayor of Boston, Marty Walsh, who's who's also you know, waiting for Senate confirmation on his to be labor secretary. But he did speak out during the snowstorm. You just wonder at that moment. Now, again, we, we didn't know about it because she wasn't forthcoming. But that was crucial of, for someone to say, listen, I, I want this, but I am the governor and I can't just you know, not talk to the press while we're going through this. When people are running for office, that doesn't put a, put a muzzle on them. Um, you know, the governor, Gina Raimondo, ran for reelection, and it certainly didn't stop it. If anything, you get more press because you you hold the office. But I think that's one of those instances that, you know, we weren't meaning everyone in, in the in the press. We weren't alerted that she was suddenly going to put a complete lid. And and I was trying to compare it to. Can you imagine a, a sitting politician that said, I want to wish everyone a happy Fourth of July? And by the way. I'm not going to speak to the media until after Labor Day. I mean, that would be, what are you talking about? Yet here it is. It's it's that amount of time. Uh, and we're also, Justin Katz, starting to see some things kind of fall through the cracks and some questionable moves that we're going to talk about with the governor. But but I she is not going to budge. And I'm not sure there's anything that can be done about it. 
No, no, there, there isn't. I mean, I, there could potentially be if there were public uh, outcry or, or the news media started to really challenge her in her friendly quarters. But you know, she's in from her position. I, you know, she clearly has seen all of this as career stepping stones. I mean, we've, we've talked about that a lot. And that's the difference between a public service orientation and a career uh orientation legacy orientation and so she she's treating it like somebody who you know they're lining up another job and their boss found out <laughs> but they're technically under contract as long as they perform a certain amount of their work they keep going until they know about the new job that's kind of how she's looking at it and it's it's not it's not healthy for the state and she she ought to be finding some way around it i mean the idea that the idea that she's going to not talk to people because she she has to be cautious and might say something wrong and that will derail her nomination. That's just, I don't know. It just shows very little integrity in my view. Are you surprised the Republican party in Rhode Island has been so silent on this matter? Well, I mean, they've made some statements. I, I do wonder how much, how, how I mean, in, on the right, we don't get a lot of traction with the news media very often anyway. Uh, but and, and there's a lot. <laughs> it's a small group, uh, Rhode Island Republicans. And so it's, it's you know, they, they can make hay out of these things, but every, everybody's got their own battles. So I, I, can't, I can't say I'm, I'm terribly surprised and partly because I don't know how much effect the Republicans can have. And I'm reasonably certain they question how much effect they can have so uh that really you know it's not as if there's there's somebody in the mix of things poised for some politically helpful step it's just the republicans are just not in that position in rhode island to to have to to think in those terms well i always think of um and again folks our segment is politics this week was being with justin katz managing editor ocean state current.com i always view it as uh if you do make a big deal about it it's a way that you have people that they say, you know, I've, I'm a Democrat. I've always voted Democrat. But in this case, I got to admit, I agree with the Rhode Island Republican Party that enough is enough. And and she, you know, should should either start to talk to the media or she should, in fact, resign. I think, you know, you it's you, you look for opportunities that you can garner support and get people, number one, that are Republicans to say, that's right. See, there's our party speaking up. And then people that maybe are not at least say, you know, I got to admit on this particular thing, I think they they are right. Also, what effect does this um, have <clears throat> just in the you know last Thursday? I attended that briefing. Now, I've been to I was trying to figure it out. They've been Governor Rundle mentioned uh, what, her last time, I think, when she was speaking that she's she's done 125 uh, press briefings on COVID the first you know, month of part of March and into April, it, it was just the media couldn't go, but there was seven days a week. But I started to figure out that when they did start to allow us to attend, whenever that was, um, and I'd have to go back and check that. But anyhow, I've, I think I've, I've basically attended 80 percent. I found last Thursday to be the worst one because it was like a train wreck. It was all over the place. It was way too long. Dr. Scott, who is, you know, obviously a very knowledgeable doctor and a scientist, what have you, but but her and that Stephen Pryor Commerce Secretary, Justin, they're they're so long-winded. They don't know there's an art to put things in context and and a back and forth. Everything is like a long, rambling answer. And my point is, you know, you start to see how communication falls through the cracks. And it was in the New York Times last week. That Rhode Island is is considered the worst state when it comes to distribution of the vaccine. Yeah, and uh, that's that that famous equity versus speed yeah. question there. And I've I've noticed too in a in a uh, conference they're they're not it's not really clear what they even mean by equity. I mean, and generally it means giving you know, disadvantaged groups, minorities, and uh, such uh, an advantage to to make them equal in outcomes, but th they're almost using it as equity as in we're going to protect vulnerable populations first, which isn't really how people think of equity. So it's all, there's very, so I, that's one area that just jumped off the page at me is, as communication challenges. <laughs> they're not, they're not on the same page. They don't really have their messages and the, the long-winded answers kind of from a, from a bureaucratic point of view arise when you don't have that 
here's the message we want to convey to the people of Rhode Island. This is the message. Every answer needs to point back to this message. And they just don't seem to have that. Maybe it's because the governor's disengaged. Uh, maybe maybe it goes up to the top in that she doesn't want to she doesn't want to have her administration take a position that could potentially become controversial uh, at this time. Uh, I don't know, but you, yeah, you get these functionaries who think they're the smartest people in a room, and you don't give you don't give them clear marching orders on their messages. And I think you get that kind of ambiguity and that, that just a, the answers that lose people. And it, it's it's really not not what we need. What we need is decisive decisive leadership to say this is our path, clear communication so that people can respond either we don't like that path or that's a good path, and then some kind of a feedback loop into the people who have the power so that changes can be made. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like we've, we've done very well for that. And that speaks to the preparation behind the scenes as well, and just getting the, the, getting the virus, uh, getting the vaccine out there. Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, he is going to be the governor. He spoke the least on the stage. Dr. Scott came out. She spoke for 50 minutes straight. I timed it. Thanking all these different people, tremendous jobs, all this foolishness should have been 15 minutes and then handed over to Pryor. He talked way too long. And then uh, we're there at, you know, one o'clock. It's it's past two o'clock before they get to the first question, which means between the two of them, they talked an hour. It should never happen that way. Folks, a lot more ahead. Our segment is Politics This Week. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 2110-508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 336 2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil, make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, it's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them, 401-521-0200 this winter. I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. 
Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, last week was also Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, what is, we believe, going to be her final state of the state. She did it in a basically empty chamber, except speaker, uh, new speaker, Joe Sakachi was there. Governor made a point of saying that she uh, likes saying that. She also, the Senate president called her her, her partner or, or colleague and so forth. And then just her immediate family. What did you think of Governor Mundo's final state of the state? Well, the, the first thing that jumped out at me was she she really clearly wanted to run down the list of things that she thinks are accomplishments. And it, it actually occurred to me at one point that she could have almost written this speech before she started, except for the COVID stuff, obviously. I mean, it, it had that feel as in, here are the things I'm going to do so that when I'm leaving office, I can say I did them. And a lot, I mean, a lot of the... I mean, it was mainly happy talk, you know, just everything is wonderful and, and we're headed in the right direction with, with very little evidence and some clever rhetorical tricks to make it seem like that might be the case. Uh, but to the extent there are accomplishments, it's it's all, here's what we did, here's what we spent money on and very little, here was the outcome. So I, I in that regard, it was, it was kind of, it felt like the old Bill Clinton uh, state of the states where he promised a whole bunch of stuff only this was her saying i gave you a bunch of stuff um and that was my my big well, my broadest critique but the the thing that really uh and i know you, you commented on this as well the thing that really just stuck out to me was the the, the sexism just the w- women have borne the brunt of COVID-19 and I'm going to spend the last two few minutes of my speech talking about to women and young girls specif- specifically, no mention of men throughout the whole speech uh, from, from governor for the day with her, you know, the only school girls can apply uh, policies. That really struck me as just kind of uh, all I could think was gross. I mean, it just, it seemed wrong, especially when, uh, you, we, we can reasonably predict that the brunt of the suicides and and deaths of despair are going to be among men because they always are. So it would be very strange if, if COVID, a COVID downturn didn't continue that trend. And she's got to know that to be the case, uh, which means that she's she's expecting that to become come to light after she's no longer politically vulnerable. And, you know, it's just not something that sh- should be played politics with so I, again just just kind of gross it was like a careerist talk of all the all the policies she implemented followed up with this identity politics garbage where she's basically telling half the state they don't matter to her and there you go she did she did manage to build put to work in a biden talking point of build back better which shows she's fully on the fully on the team at this point uh but you know but whatever. I mean, at this point, is she she gave a political speech, and she's moving on. And I mean, this was it was almost like uh, at an awards ceremony. Of, uh, thank you for watching my movie, and I want to thank all the little people. And here's what we did in this movie. And see you later. Uh, not only that, but um, it, it's something as you and I both know. It would never happen in the private sector. The state of the state is supposed to be like this is the plan. Almost, you know, you're the coach. And here's what we're going to do and implement. And and as a result of that, then your budget comes out of it. She, as we know, she's not even going to be there. I mean, that that speech, it was a waste. It never should have taken place. And <clears throat> what does it say to you, Justin, that some of these lines, women have bore the brunt that the pandemic affected women worse than men. I mean, I, I haven't heard anyone say something like that. That is that's a pretty extreme line. But what does it say to you that there was no mention of it? With any of the local TV coverage, they they gave it a pass on that. Uh, the Providence Journal, Boston Globe didn't touch on that. What does it tell you that no one seemingly, you know, that's something that's really lacking is that I'd like to think like Ed Acorn of the Journal, if he was still there doing editorials, would have written about that. Uh, Mark Patinkin, who's a columnist, didn't even touch it. I, that just jumped out at me. And then I felt like I was like walking and it was it was alone because there was no one that was picking up on that but what does it tell you that to the local tv stations that wasn't even something i don't even think they covered it no that's uh that whole political class is just completely absorbed either absorbed or trapped in 
uh, this this mentality. And so either either they're on board and brainwashed, which I think is the case for a lot of the younger ones, particularly at w, WPRI, uh, but or they're scared like the older ones. I mean, we just saw the New York Times, something like a 50 year employee who was their lead science person on all COVID was just pushed out of a uh, out of his seat because he he used the N word in a, a kind of a is the academic context is this what this person said kind of a way on a trip two years ago and he was pushed out of his job so there's got to be anybody who opposes this kind of uh, identity politics cancel culture has got to be scared but I, I think you I, I think you're pointing to something very obviously true I mean if if you you know I hate to do the whataboutism but if you flip the roles here and you have a man up there saying we know men have bore the brunt of the COVID-19 yes. you have to expect there would be there probably be it would be well it'd be scandalous and not only not only directly attacked by the news media they'd also have all probably pages of of kind of sideways attacks and here here are some stories of women who've suffered um you know, that kind of thing to to really set the context and show the the governor to be to be just barking up the wrong tree, and that's that's it is it's it's just so disappointing, especially because as I've been mentioning and I, I've been trying to point it out for years with that governor for the a day contest contest, yes, uh, that boys and men are really suffering. I mean, they we, they lead in in suicides, drug overdoses. Uh, they're they're not doing well, and I mean that that's not to blame the governor for that but in that context to then go the other way and give preferential treatment to girls and women as as if they're being oppressed it, it's just it, it's as i said earlier it's just it's just gross and I, I wish people would start getting over the fear and pushing back on it because it's, it's just not right well and especially and again folks our segment is politics this week we're speaking with justin katz managing editor oceanstatecurrent.com you know let's as i'd like to go let, let's play that out so what governor mundo basically was saying was you have two children and siblings in a family uh, a boy and a girl and the parents both of them died from covid is it's upsetting for both but it's really upsetting for the girl i mean she was really hit hard more so than her brother by the death of her parents no one would talk that way and there'd be pushback on that but Justin, as you and I talked and wondered during the course of last year, how come the local media, local television, I'll say, uh, they didn't really push back on the protesters. And I I started going to them and covering them because I felt the coverage was so one sided against the police and they weren't even exposing a lot. And then we we come to find out it's it's, it's I found is because they were on the side of the protesters. I think in this particular case with Governor Amundo to stand up there and say, women have really been affected the most by the pandemic. I, I think their their complacency is because they're in agreement. Mm -hmm. And regards to, you know, you, I want to give you credit. You've always mentioned the unfairness, that it was wrong, that it was a girl's only governor for the day. Uh, I think I there, there's a story last week out of New Hampshire, where in New Hampshire, they have little boy or girl governor for the day. A fifth grade boy was chosen, this delightful little fifth grade boy, and he talked about uh, isolation and anxiety during the lockdown and came up with a, a, a mentoring partner and had a video and this delightful little boy that said, you know, they highlighted who was illustrating the sufferings. If, if that were if New Hampshire followed the Rhode Island model, we never would have seen that little fifth grade boy because in Rhode Island, the fifth grade boys were not allowed to take part in the governor for the day. Uh, contest. And, and Justin, let's, you know, let's say what no one in the media will say. That's wrong. You know, this whole business of this gender politics that Governor Mundo is has been along with, uh, it's wrong. And it's also last year at this time, she had an opportunity to endorse Elizabeth Warren for president, to endorse Amy Klobuchar for president, to endorse uh, Kamala Harris. Who did she endorse? A man. Mike Bloomberg, when it comes down to her own possible personal gain, boom, the gender politics go to the wayside and she does what's best for her. Oh, yeah. Well, well certainly. And But I, on the point of it being wrong, it, it, it it's just this, the statement that you don't matter. I mean, that gets out there. That, I mean, that permeates yeah. the culture. I mean, and it's not just that. I mean, in a, it was in her state of the state as well to, to brag that 
more than half of all small business loans went to women or minority owned companies. Well, all right. But that kind of, if that's something to tell, you know, I don't know. I mean, why don't we just get them to the people who need them, who have, who are going to do the most with them? Isn't that the way it's, there really is a growing attitude of that. You just don't even bother. You know, the Biden administration comes in and says, we're, we're going to drop the lawsuit against Yale. So now you can discriminate against Asians and white people. I mean, that's, it's just, if I remember when I uh, went to college in the early nineties, we were talking affirmative action back then. And uh, we, we kind of analyzed the idea that people were going into uh, that there was a, 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 a beginnings of white grievance of people saying I, I didn't get in because I didn't have that that uh, affirmative action help and at that point it was kind of an academic thing at this point we're now openly bragging about um, about giving an advantage to people uh, who, who maybe don't even need it because they're whatever their skin color or gender they're not poor or disadvantaged and it's just we're, we're really doing a disservice and it's, I think it's another one of those, those areas that in about in about you know, 10 years, we're going to look back and say, boy, we did a whole lot of damage uh, with yes. that, with that whole thing. When, when there's, I mean, we're, we're just not going in a healthy direction with that. And it's, it's, it's been typical of the government. I've actually, of the governor, Mariondo, I've, I've been actually been surprised at how little response there's been pushback on her sexism. It's just, it's kind of, yes. I mean, very early on, I think the first year of the governor for the day, I did get, some one principal, I forget who it was in Rhode Island, on Twitter to kind of back off his his promotion of the program. He was really all about it. And I I kind of questioned him, isn't that kind of sexist? What about the boys in your school? And I, I noticed he kind of backed off a little bit. But that's about it. And she's been more quiet about it recently and didn't change the policies. I mean, that's just no. that's the one thing that really surprised me and shows kind of her her radicalism is all right, you're the first female governor, you do it girls only for a year, two years, but six years in, I mean, come on, at some point yep. say, all right, I've made my point. <laughs> Let's open this up to everybody and then make it an inclusive yes. thing. But this is the unity and, we're going to get with the Biden administration. And she's all on board with that. And one last thing before we take a break is I asked uh, Commerce Secretary Stefan Pryor, do you agree with that at the press briefing on Thursday? And he said, oh, yes, I agree with Governor Mundo. And it's 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 far it's much more difficult in the state for women and minorities to get the type of loans that they needed during the pandemic. Now, Justin, to me, if that is the case, then he should resign because he's failed. And she's been the governor for six years. Like, at what point do they keep making excuses instead of they're the ones that could could affect that? And if they have been ineffective, then then he should step down. Folks, quick break. A lot more ahead. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com, right here. Politics this week on The John DePietro Show in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401 401- 272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web 
at www.innovast.com. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly or maybe you have problems with it? I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. Easy to remember, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator or your stove or oven or microwave, any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401 710 7096. I was having a problem with our our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed the, he fixed the, the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 96. Our segment is politics this week. With me is managing at OceanStateCurrent.com, Justin Gauss. Justin, a story broke last week. A new freshman uh, state senator. I give credit to the Providence Journal. They did the story. Tierra Mack, an accident at Rhode Island College. That's where the Senate meets. Uh, car was unregistered. Somebody slapped plates on it. And she has a South Carolina license, not even a Rhode Island license. She holds office. She just won office uh, for, uh, over near Camp Street in Providence. Anyone else, this would have been a, been a big story. If that Justin Price, you know, the one they wanted to resign, if he got in a car accident and the car was unregistered and they had a Connecticut license, they would have been screaming up and down. Number one, why wasn't this a bigger story in the media? And number two, why do you think the Republican Party has been silent on it? <laughs> well, um, on the first one, it's just, I mean, that's it, almost to, to ask the question is almost to answer it. I mean, she, this is a, a young, fierce, progressive advocate. You're not, but men aren't allowed to call her fierce. Uh, and that's who the news media preferences at this point. That's their, who they feel they have to support. And even if they didn't, they're, I'm sure they're all terrified of what would happen if the progressives turned yes. on them. I mean, that was a, what was it, Gene Valicenti the other day? Am I mixing up yes. my house? Um, he, you know, he learned the hard way. He, he commented she looked fierce in a picture that she was clearly trying to look fierce. <laughs> and so, and, and that got him in hot water. So they're, I'm sure they're scared. They don't know what they can say about these people. And rather than be brave and use their platforms and, and push the issue for in the name of truth and freedom of speech, they're, they're just going to let's make let's let the story go away. Um, I mean, even a Providence Journal article was read to me largely like an excuse. Oh, she was going to do she was going to register it, but it's been COVID and all this stuff. But as you as you say, but at least they did a story. Yeah, that, was, I was, that was, which is more than the television. <laughs> that's surprising. They didn't do anything. But yeah, if, I mean, if, if Justin Price goes to a rally, expresses his free speech, and to, yeah. says something on Twitter that the the progressives don't like, and that's he should resign. That's a big story for a week and a half. But but a, a person who just selected a general assembly is flouting the law at the very least and that's yes. not even that's not even to be mentioned oh, well you know what uh, a unreal. lot of people do unregistered car out of yeah. state license yeah, exactly it, and look at look at carnivali was fear game because channel 12 went after him and and it was justified he wasn't living where he was supposed to be living he he you know he was supposed to be living in providence he had a house in johnston that's where he was living it's a story if you are an elected official, let alone that very shortly she was going to be given one of those special plates that they get, and that would have been slapped on an unregistered car. Uh, I've heard from numerous people. You you could have uh, registered the car and, by the way, gotten a license just online during during COVID. But but I think you're right. I think it's out of fear. And, and her response to the Providence Journal, now think of this. She got in a car accident, unregistered car that was then towed, and – she doesn't have a Rhode Island license. And what was her response? Why this was a story? And this is her quote, because I'm a queer black woman. Wrong. It's because you're an elected official. And, and that is what carries the day. 
if if you know if someone gets if it, if you're an elected official and you get you know busted on a DUI, that's that that's a story and there's a problem, Justin. If they start to flout the law, as you say, and it's not a story. Yeah, and well, I mean that's that's clearly the, where we're headed, and it's 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 an obvious consequence of making a certain type of politically active person untouchable, and that that's really where we're going. You can't if you yeah. have the wrong opinions, you you don't even get to keep your job. You are you're in big trouble if you even whisper the wrong thing and get caught. If you're if you have the right opinions, if you're part of the this red guard, so to speak, then you're you're really you're not going to get harmed by anything and we, we see this all the time even even with more serious i mean look at look at the, the hunter biden stories disappeared right you you can do some pretty serious stuff if you're of, of the right position and you will not um you you will not suffer consequences and that that gets to be dangerous because it really all but encourages corruption I mean, it's it's just where that goes, and you you empower these people who they feel they have a grievance, yet they as they become the people with power, don't feel they have to execute it uh, responsibly because they're the good guys, other people are the bad guys, and it's very easy to talk yourself into thinking whatever you do is justified. And I I think it the, I think as you suggested, the meet the local media, well nationally this is a problem too. The media not seeing this as their job to to fight back to rectify to push back on that's one of the more ominous signs i think in our entire culture and we we see it even with um i forget which one it was one of the young women in the local news media got a, a mean phone call about her weight and that became oh women journalists put up with this stuff she got a call from the governor there's no there's no sense of balance or sense of of basic objective truth in all this. And it's, it's a dangerous position to be in. I, I, I agree. And it, it kind of becomes the AOC thing where they strive to be seen as the brave victim. Uh, you know, the Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, this big, big dramatic story about being in the Capitol the day of the siege. And then we find out she wasn't even in the Capitol that day. I mean, that was all made up, completely fabricated. Folks, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. Now, Justin, uh, the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity has a new poll out. I think this is interesting, and I think it is something that people should pay attention All to. Right, well, this this is in line with a lot of the, the General Assembly and the governor, the outgoing governor anyway, are really just full speed forward with, with all of their, their economy-killing uh, policies, regardless of what's happened with COVID. And so one of those policies, the governor has signed us up for, uh, luckily she's admitting the General Assembly has to act for a transportation climate initiative, which would essentially give a regional government power to impose gas taxes on Rhode Islanders. And what the poll the center released this week uh, showed was that in the abstract, there's actually a fair amount of support for doing something. You know, it sound, it all sounds good, cleaner air, et cetera, et cetera. But once you explain to people that, first of all, this is going to cost their families money. I mean, uh, the center the week before released a study of how these policies affect the economy. And you could be talking 500, a half a billion dollars less disposable income in Rhode Island uh, when this thing's implemented. But when people realize it has costs on one hand and will do almost nothing. I mean, we're a tiny state in a country that's actually improving its emissions. Uh, when people realize that the cost benefit, the, the support for it flips. And that's, that's what the, the poll shows. And it, I think there's there are probably a number of issues that if we could get, get real, really get the people informed and expressing their opinion, we would see that a lot of this, this green stuff or other things, say the $15 minimum wage, this stuff really doesn't have much support when people have information. And that's what the Center for Freedom and Prosperity, uh, it's on rifreedom.org, is trying to, trying to show here. And Justin, finally, what do you make of the fact that this is an unusual situation where Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, about to be incoming Governor McKee, unless something happens, with uh, the Raimondo nomination, and then she would just stay. But he gets to select who the next lieutenant governor would be. There's really no precedent for it. And so what do they do? They, now suddenly they make it a contest. All right, here's a website. Send us a thing of why you want to be considered. They get some joke uh, entries in. And then on top of that, uh, now it turns out that they were trying to hide the list. 
from Channel 12, who rightfully uh, requested, all right, let's see everyone that applied for that. Let's Rod Blagojevich, he was trying to sell the Obama Senate seat in Illinois. I mean, there's been corruption before. Imagine if someone said, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll give you half a million dollars if you make me the next lieutenant governor. I mean, we don't we don't know who it is. But anyhow, what do you make of the fact that now the process they're going through and that um, now that the, the list will be made public? Well, I, I think I put this in the category of somebody who's trying to do McKee, that is trying to do something open and try to figure out what's the right way to do this is really just falling into the, the political rat's nest. <laughs> really, maybe should have just said, here's my process. I'm appointing this person deal with it uh that but so you get this this idea they're gonna they're treating it as a a hire of a Contest. well yeah but the, yeah. the way they're handling it with not releasing names and stuff is that's yeah. how you treat a hiring for department head because you're afraid people won't, won't apply if they know their boss is going to find they're looking for work um so right. it kind of makes sense there but it just be, has become what, 62 applicants for this really this do nothing job which usually has no connection to the governor whatsoever uh, so I, I think it has been uh, ha- he has become a bit of a circle, a circus, probably because he's trying to do it the right way and not just pick a friend or pick somebody who works for him politically or whatever. Which, right. And he, at the end of the day is probably what he should have done just to because this it's really not an important position in a state. Um, I, th- I think that here's one area where the Republicans in the state did chime in and said, just don't fill it, um, which that's, a, that's a, you could do that. Nobody would even notice unless something happened to McKee and we needed another governor. Uh, but so, so we, I think at this point, it's, it was a mismanaged approach just because it's, it's made a big deal of, out of something that shouldn't be a big deal. And it's set, and I'm sure they're, second and third order effects where people are making promises, trading in favors, doing all that political corrupt stuff uh, to, to get an edge on. And that just, it distorts the whole political system when you have something like that. Folks, he's the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. We will. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 401- 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal Since 2006 And also 24-7 emergency service available Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal Stump grinding Tree pruning emergency service, bucket truck service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment, plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankee tree service.com